It is an A-plus school's tradition to select a theme for each summer of our professional development. And for the past several years, the theme we have used when training our first year A-plus schools has been a cooking theme. When you flip anything, you really, you just have to have the courage of your convictions, particularly if it's sort of a loose mass like this. Well, that didn't go very well. See, when I flipped it, I didn't, I didn't have the courage to do it the way I should have. But you can always pick it up and if you're alone in the kitchen, who is going to see? But the only way you learn how to flip things is just to flip them. We find that it is an appropriate metaphor bringing together experienced cooks to learn new techniques and ingredients to hone their recipes. I've heard it said that, that baking is a science and cooking is an art, and I feel the same way about teaching in that it's it's an art. You know, if you're cooking something, there's a scientific reason that what is happening is happening. Uh, there's chemistry to it, um, and there's a reason why what you're making tastes good. But sometimes a recipe needs, like, more garlic than the recipe calls for, you know, and um, you can look at a classroom and there's, there's individual needs, you know, based off of every individual kid in there and the collective that they create. And that's something that, that, that takes a feel that um, I feel is closely more related to, to art than a science. I'm Tom Nevels, Professional Development Manager for A-plus Schools of North Carolina. Welcome to Essentially A+. A-plus Schools is the longest-running, arts-based, whole-school reform model in the nation. A signature program of the North Carolina Arts Council a-plus schools develop a creative culture in which the state's mandated curriculum is taught through collaboration and multidiscipline integration, with the arts continuously woven into every student's learning experience. Our network of schools includes pre-K through 12th grades in rural and urban communities, and it impacts more than 25,000 North Carolina students each year. Teachers and administrators in A-plus schools are trained on the A-plus essentials, eight foundational components that transform a school's practice, priorities, and identity, building an environment where teachers and students are excited to learn together. The A-plus essentials are arts, curriculum, multiple learning pathways, experiential learning, enriched assessment, collaboration, infrastructure, and climate. In this episode, we're going to explore the A-plus essentials, arts, and multiple learning pathways, and bring you practical tips from the A-plus network that will help you grow along your A-plus journey. One of our A-plus essential ingredients that gets a lot of practice in the first year is multiple learning pathways. In A-plus schools, multiple learning pathways include multiple intelligence theory and practice, brain research and brain-based philosophies, a focus on building 21st century and higher order thinking skills, 
creating and balancing learning opportunities that support the whole child. Intentional opportunities for students, families, community to develop understanding of how people learn. Howard Gardner, father of multiple intelligence theory, has said that every individual possesses several different and independent capacities for solving problems and creating products. He defines intelligence as the ability to solve problems in a particular cultural setting. The eight intelligence areas are verbal linguistic intelligence, or word smarts, well-developed verbal skills and sensitivity to sounds, meanings, and rhythm of words, logical mathematical intelligence, or math smarts, ability to think conceptually and abstractly, and capacity to discern logical or numerical patterns, musical rhythmic intelligence, or music smarts, ability to produce and appreciate rhythm, pitch, and timbre, visual spatial intelligence, or picture smarts, capacity to think in images and pictures, to visualize accurately and abstractly, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, or body smarts, ability to control one's body movements and handle objects skillfully, interpersonal intelligence, or people smarts, capacity to detect and respond appropriately to moods, motivations, and desires of others, intrapersonal intelligence, or self-smarts, capacity to be self-aware and in tune with inner feelings, values, beliefs, and thinking processes, and naturalist intelligence, or nature-smarts, ability to recognize and categorize plants, animals, and other objects in nature. It's important to remember that Gardner's theory includes the following beliefs, that there is more than one intelligence, Intelligence can be taught. A brain is as unique as a fingerprint. And intelligences are forever changing throughout life. Multiple intelligence theory is just one example of brain-based research and philosophy that supports education. Other models include learning styles and social and emotional learning. As curriculum design researcher and expert Grant Wiggins reminded us, Students cannot possibly learn everything of value by the time they leave school. Through consideration of multiple intelligence theory and other brain-based research, A-plus educators are able to create balanced learning opportunities that support the whole child, regardless of ability and interest. And it's not just the students who benefit. By helping students and teachers understand how they learn best, we encourage a capacity to learn throughout a lifetime. To learn more, I spoke with Megan Cornegie, the A-plus and magnet coordinator and reading intervention teacher at Wendell Creative Arts and Science Magnet School, an A-plus school in Wake County. My experience with A-plus started when I um, started here at my school. I had never heard of A-plus before. I didn't have any A-plus experience, um, but it just directly aligned with how I taught. So it was like a, a perfect match. Um, and I wondered where A-plus had been my whole life. I just <laughs> hadn't, I, you know, I found it when I came here. So it's been, it's been an awesome experience. One, I am uh, music smart. I wake up every morning with a song on my heart. 
Doesn't matter what the song is. It could be a gospel song. It could be the song that was on the radio when I got out of the car. It doesn't matter what it is. There is always a song on my heart. Um, and so to come here and be able to see, oh, well, those things align with, you know, multiple, multiple learning pathways and multiple intelligence and everyone has it. And, oh, I must be music smart because I wake up every morning with a song in my heart. Um, and that flowed into my classroom. Like in the morning when my kids would come in, there would always be some type of music playing. We would do brain breaks and sing-alongs and things like that, make up silly songs to to remember the bones in the body. Um, So it just, small things like that, that just clicked like, oh, I've been teaching this way my entire teaching career, but there is actually an organization that supports teaching this way. Um, So that was, as as a young teacher, that's affirming to know that. Well, it's interesting because it sounds like A plus helps Um, us learn about ourselves as teachers as much as it does uh, to to learn about our students as learners absolutely um at our school uh maybe two two or three years ago we had our um teachers to take a um an interest survey nearly the same survey that we ask our students to take. Our students take a survey at the beginning of the year. We sort of reintroduce it to them in the middle and at the end just to see how their smarts, as we call them, um, to see how their smarts have grown. And so um, it was either during a staff meeting or during professional development. We had our teachers to do the same thing because it's important to know what your smarts are so that when you are in PD, like we can know like, okay, here are our people smart teachers. These are the ones that do not need to sit together because they're going to be talking (laughs) the entire time or just how you learn one so that when you absorb the curriculum that you are, that you are to teach, we don't teach things that we don't like, or we don't teach them well if we don't like them. Right. So if you already know, like, this is the science activity, I am not nature smart. It is not going to be the best, but if you are able to present it in a way that the nature smart children in your room will receive it, then that makes all the difference whether you have that smart yourself or not. So it's important to know those things even about yourself as a teacher. As a school, we um, use PBIS, the Positive Behavior uh, Intervention Support Model. Um, And along with that, we, as a school, um, we SOAR. And so what that means is that um, students do what they need to do to be able to stay safe, um, to be able to um, own their behaviors, own their school, own their classroom, taking care, um, you know, of our school. If you see paper on the ground, you know, you pick that up, that sort of thing. They act responsibly um, and um, they are are responsible and they act responsibly. So... um, In doing that, we are trying to teach them how to be self-aware and to take that to take that self-awareness and apply it in every situation they could possibly, um, you know, find themselves and use that uh, social emotional learning. Right. Because if you are not 
if you are not okay <laughs> in yourself, if you are not okay mentally, if you are hungry, if you, you know, have any deficit in any area, you can't learn. Um, so we're trying a lot in our building to build um, to build that social emotional um, capacity within within our kids so that they can be prepared for learning each day on top of knowing the behaviors that are appropriate in the various spaces in our building you know we have teachers who d- who don't have the vocabulary right. or the experience or you know a lot of times maybe we're raised like I was raised which is you're allowed to have a certain set of emotions mm-hmm. anything else is um, culturally uh, you're being disrespectful uh-huh uh-huh right mm-hmm. or you're not or you're allowed to show certain things in public and certain things in private yes not only do we try to build that social emotional learning in our kids here in the building, we also have to build that within um, ourselves. And we are constantly, constantly told to take care of ourselves. Um, We have EAP services through Wake County that are available to us if we need to talk to someone. Um, If you need a mental health day, by all means, take a mental health day Um, because if you are not your best self, you can't show up for these children and they need us to show up as much as we possibly can, as whole as we can possibly be. Um, So I, I think that's important for both the students as well as the adults that are in the building. I'm going to go with art. I'm going to pick one over the other. I'm going to go with art because I feel like a science, if you have a recipe, you can make it. But not everyone out there can I hand a lesson plan and then be able to communicate that to students. Whereas science is very factual and you're still delivering the information, I feel like it's, and not that teaching, I mean teaching is very data driven. But at the same time, there's that element that makes a difference in teachers. And I feel like the really good teachers teach like it's their art that they are creating. Another A-plus essential ingredient that gets explored throughout the first year of A-plus training and beyond is the arts. In A-plus schools, the arts are experienced daily through instruction, integration, and exposure, inclusive of drama, dance, music, visual arts, creative writing, and media arts, included in curriculum planning and design, integrated in all content areas, valued as essential to creativity, learning, and personal experiences, and a part of the school's internal and external identity. In a schools, arts education is approached in three ways. Arts integration, the bringing together of arts and non-arts objectives to create hands-on, experiential, connected, and meaningful learning experiences. True arts integration values both the arts and non-arts standards as necessary to the learning experience. Arts education, the sequential teaching of arts in the specific disciplines, 
promoting practice of an art form, building working knowledge of the elements, principles, and vocabulary of that art form, and expression of that art form, individually or in a group. And arts exposure, creating opportunities for students and staff to experience the arts all around them, including exploring artistic works, performances, and careers both in the school and in the community. These three approaches form a comprehensive arts education. It's important to note that the standards, elements, principles, and vocabulary of arts are available to every teacher and every student regardless of their background. For more information, including elements of each art form, downloadable quick reference guides to grade level standards, grades K through five, arts vocabulary list by grade level, and access to high school standards. Visit the A Plus Schools of North Carolina Live Binder at tinyurl.com backslash A plus LB. That's A P L U S L B. The access key is A plus NC Network with the A, NC, and N in Network all capitalized. As we discussed in episode three of this podcast, working with content and colleagues in an integrated way takes intentional time and planning. However, the payoff can be more than the sum of the standards for both students and teachers. I spoke to A-plus coordinators Dylan and Julia Young-Smith from Davenport Elementary School, an original A-plus school in Caldwell County, about the difference A-plus makes both in their work as music and drama educators and members of an integrated staff. When you're at a non-A plus school, you have a, a meeting with your arts team. It really is just about who's using the gym or the auditorium when. <laughs> who's reserving this space? Uh, and then, okay, you go to you. But when you're at an A plus school and you're having those integration meetings or you're going down the hallway and you see work up on a bulletin board and you go, oh, I see you're doing Aesop's Fables. I have this play script. And they're like, well, we're working on the mouse and the lion. Oh, I have one that goes with that. And you bring it back to the classroom. Those conversations really build that community, that teamwork feel. Teachers don't feel like it's all on them all the time to get all of that information taught to students. They know that when their kids are leaving their classroom, they're being supported, uh, even if it's in the PU room or the art room, mm -hmm. everywhere they go, at some point during that week, somebody's incorporating different elements of their lessons. Uh, and when I go by a classroom and I see classes up, freezing in Tableau to retell their story events, it really, helps you understand that people are trying to help you in your content um, when you teach kids for 45 minutes once a week max that's if they're present at school um, it takes a long time to get anything to stick with elementary kids so anything that can be brought back into their classroom from their arts classrooms really makes you feel like you're not drowning quite so much with the information that you're trying to get them to learn even though you have six years with a lot of these kids, that's not even one year's worth of time that they will get with their non-arts teachers. And so to have that two-way 
coworker support with what we're trying to teach, not just what they're trying to teach as well, but what we're trying to teach uh, is very supportive because nobody else is going to teach my concepts, my standards. Uh, but if they're supporting that, you know, every little bit helps. Uh, all hands on deck <laughs> kind of phrasing. Uh, and A-plus schools really feel like all hands are on deck. Um, you know, everybody steps up and mm -hmm. fills in when they can, however they can, which it's is a, a good... It's a sense of community here. Yeah. Uh, within my team, you know, I didn't really have a team um, at, a, at a more standard, you know, elementary school that was not A+. Plus. It, was, it was just me. And, you know, you're right. I would say hey to the art teacher, and that's pretty much it. And it's amazing to have a team here of arts teachers you know, and plan events and, and, and have meetings and feel like you're part of that community. And then the larger community of the school, it's, it's amazing to be part of like third grade space day, to be able to geek out with them and just see the absolute joy on a teacher's face when you bust into their room and, you know, talk about an A-plus activity that they're doing and how amazing that is. You know, that Aesop's Fables you were talking mm -hmm. about, the, the, their face just lit up when they were talking about it and to be able to collaborate with them and then see that in the kids as well is, is really special here. Yeah, I mean, students pick up on the fact of that we're their excited. teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, are communicating and talking and excited about what's going on. And you know, if the PE teacher is excited about the same thing that their classroom teacher is excited about, and they love going to PE and playing basketball, well, my PE teacher's really excited about this. You know, maybe I should be really excited about this. It just bleeds over uh, from teachers to students mm -hmm. and then even to parents when they come in the building. You know, they'll come tour the school and there's a difference in the atmosphere at an A-plus school. When parents tour the building, they can feel that community. They see the excitement on the walls. Um, and not that other schools don't post and advertise and, and do all of that as well. But I've noticed even from going to different staff and training events at other schools that A-plus schools really bridge a little bit more of that gap mm -hmm. between adults, students, parents, community, with that involvement and that sense of belonging. Revisiting my conversation with Megan helped me begin to compare and contrast multiple learning pathways and the arts. So we have multiple learning pathways over here and you included mm -hmm. things like social emotional learning as well as the multiple intelligences. And over here we have arts, either learning them integrating them or appreciating them. Mm -hmm. How are these things the same and how are they different? Let's talk about similarities first. Okay. They are um, similar. We talked about that before. There is some crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they are, they are the same because when you are teaching a student an art, they bring their multiple intelligences with them and that is how you can teach the what but the those multiple intelligences are how they're going to learn it right um so mm -hmm. i think i think they go they go together um in that way i also feel like they can't they can't just be done they can't 
be experienced in isolation. Um, if we were an arts-centered school without the multiple intelligence, like I don't know how that would how that would work. We'd just be a school a school of the arts. That's it. <laughs> like you, there, I think you'd you'd have some people dancing beautifully in front of buses. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I love the fact that our school, um, does business both ways. I think, I think our, our kids are in a rich environment because of it. Well, and I, and I'm, I'm developing this image of multiple intelligences is is like the suitcase that comes with the kid and goes away with the kid. Yeah. You can pack more in that suitcase, but that's what we all have to work with to start with. Yes. Julia and Dylan spoke about the crossover between multiple learning pathways in the arts, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. Social emotional learning has been an an increasingly uh, highlighted, targeted part of what we're doing, um, and that's especially relevant during this time. Uh, So that's been a focus for our school, and I know many other schools, um, and that's you know, figuring out how to process what's happening, how to regulate yourself to be able to learn. Um, music is a big part of that, and we, we talk about that in class, um, with being able to process what's happening. Um, you know, we talk about listening to music as a way to move between zones and creating music. Um, you know, just personally being able to to play something helps. It's um, ukulele's my little emotional support instrument um, I carry around the school. Um, and I get a lot of comments on it as well. It, it, it helps atmosphere it. You know, just having that happy little, little tune helps us. Um, hopefully, anyway, it's not too annoying. No one's broken it yet. Yeah, I think one thing people noticed when everything shut down March 2020 was how much we were relying on the arts to manage stress, to find that moment of calm or enjoyment or release or journey away from reality for a while. And when everything shut down, that was the first thing that we noticed was gone. We still, you know, we're reading books. We still had television and movies at home, but that personal connection that the arts lend themselves for of listening to music together in a group, of attending a live performance, of walking an art gallery that's a whole separate set of feelings and emotional processes that we lost for a very long time. Yeah, Um, sometimes you don't realize what you've missed until it's gone. mm -hmm. And then what do you replace that with? And people didn't know where to reach next. And I think that some of the emotional and mental health issues that we've been dealing with now that we're all back together is we had this six month year long period for people where they lost some of their major coping mechanisms that they were using Uh, and getting back into that has been extremely important 
with the arts of opening those opportunities mm -hmm. and exposures and abilities again for people to process because everything has changed in small ways in large ways everything is different uh, and you see it in audience sizes tickets are selling uh, shows are still sometimes getting postponed and canceled but the audiences are sold out for those shows uh, art galleries are mm -hmm. I mean, how long did the Van Gogh exhibit stay in Charlotte how much longer did it stay than what it was originally planned for those kinds of experiences, that group live art type experience, was so missed during the pandemic. And I think we're seeing a rise in mm -hmm. that coming back now into a slightly more normal environment. We talk sometimes about process versus product. So much of it, what you're talking about, the social emotional learning, the healing, the self-regulation, um, is, is process. It's, it's definitely process. And um, when you were talking, I was also thinking about like a couple of concerts that I've been to, um, either virtual or in person. It's like the same artist. Why does one have a different impact over the other? And what is it that's very sort of elemental about us having all of our molecules vibrated in the same way, in the same time, in the same space? And I think that's one of the the biggest um, or a, a big selling point or argument for students need the arts and they need the arts in multiple ways. They need to have arts class with arts teachers. They need to have that integration that crosses classroom lines and they need to be exposed to these examples of work like go to the Van Gogh exhibit or go hear the symphony or have, you know, the, the symphony come to us. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think it's an art simply because no matter how long you've been out of a classroom, once a teacher, always a teacher, and you, you can command a room of children and you can get them eating out of the palm of your hand if you engage them and make whatever it is that you're trying to teach them exciting. And that's the art. Not everybody has that, right? No one off the street can come in and be able to do that. But I also think it's a science because there is the pedagogy and the the learning behind it to understand like right now we're deep into phonics and phonemic awareness and the science of reading, right? Because we have students who have all of these learning gaps and they cannot read. Well, they cannot read well because they never really got a strong phonemic awareness or phonics foundation. So we have to learn the pedagogy and the science behind it to be able to know what we're teaching and why we're teaching it. But the art and how we do it, it all, you know, it all depends on who you are and how and how artistically you um, you convey that to your kids. But you've got to know the, the what and the why first. From theory to practice, from science to art, and back again. The A-plus essentials of multiple learning pathways and the arts provide key ingredients in the recipe for creative and engaging instruction. The outcome? Skills like creativity, confidence, focus, and perseverance that are important to academic 
and life success. You got to have a recipe. You've got to start somewhere with an idea of where you're going. Like there has to be structure and it has to be yeah. based off of research and what like you do with that sometimes can be creative and in that way is, yeah. is an art. Uh, but yeah, I think it's closer to an art as well. Now I'm just really excited about garlic. Thank you for listening to Essentially A+, a production of A+, Schools of North Carolina. To find out more about A+, check us out on the web at www.ncarts.org backslash A+, dash schools. That's A-P-L-U-S dash schools. And join the conversation about the arts and multiple learning pathways on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com backslash A plus N C. That's A P L U S N C.